What's up, guys, and welcome back to the Stereotherapy Podcast. I'm your host, Lisa, and if it's your first time here, Stereotherapy is a podcast that showcases the importance of music and mental health. We invite guests to share their own story of how music has made a positive impact in their lives. If you like what you hear, remember to share, like, and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. We know you hear that often, but it really, really helps our show out and other shows like ours. You can also head over to www.stereotherapypod.com. You can subscribe there, listen to the podcast, read our podcast blog, and check out some other cool stuff over there. We have a brand new site for you too. Today, I have Justine back here with me to start our shows celebrating the albums turning 20 this year. There are so many important records that came out back in 2003, and I can't wait to dive in and share these albums that are important to so many people. Justine, I'm going to let you just take it away with your pick today. Yeah. Hey, everybody. So my first album that I'm going to talk about is Evanescence Fallen. Oh, there we go. Yes. (laughs) <laughs> the first time that I had heard Bring It Alive, I was just blown away by Amy, Amy Lee's powerful voice. Mm-hmm. Her voice is just absolutely beautiful and paired with those heavy guitars. Like my mind was just completely blown. <laughs> mm-hmm. I always envied metal and punk female singers that have that just loud and gritty voice like Brody Daye from The Distillers. But I'm sadly a soprano, so (laughs) I can't do those hardcore screams. I will try, but it's just not right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, me either. (laughs) But when it came to Evanescence, I would practice singing along and try to strengthen my voice and my range. And I have such fond memories of just blasting the CD on my CD player with a huge Amy Lee poster on my wall with dreams that maybe one day I could have a band like hers. Uh, My mom ended up getting me tickets to the Fallen Tour, actually. And me and my best friend went to a Goodwill before, and we wanted to get some outfits before. (laughs) (laughs) And so I found this old, formal, short 80s dress. It was black on top and had this, like, red tulle underneath and, like, a big red bow on the side and so of course I had to get it and I wore it with fishnets and army boots because what else would just make the perfect (laughs) outfit you know yeah (laughs) and we managed to get a spot right on the stage Mm -hmm. so I was able to see her up close and personal and I'll never I'll Uh, It was just such a wonderful show as well. Like, I was so excited because they also did Zero by Smashing Pumpkins. Oh, she did such a good job on that song. And that song song. is just, yes, it's one of my favorite Smashing Pumpkins songs. Mm -hmm. So I was so excited. And my best friend that went with me, also super huge in the Smashing Pumpkins, we just looked at each other and we're just like, oh my God. Like, yeah, this is the best And just to end on a little bit of trivia, I wanted to mention, did did you know that when Bring Me Bring Me to Life, that the guys part wasn't originally supposed to be in it? A producer, yes, a producer said that they needed to add it because he felt that having a single and having it be only a female's 
vocal just was not interesting enough to get fans. And so they added that guy's part on there. They literally just grabbed some random dude to come in here and do this part. And it's funny to think of now because all of us make fun of that dude now. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> and that part is like randomly yelling in the song, not really adding so much substance to it. And But the fact is he wasn't even supposed to be on it. And except for this producer who said it was necessary. And like, I don't even remember that guy's name at this point. I don't know his band. I don't know anything about him. But yeah, I'll no. never forget Amy. Like, there's no forgetting Amy. And so I think it's kind of funny because you don't hear them adding any males now. To their no. no. And, you know, I'm not shocked that that producer had said that. And it, I mean, still, it's like that with female singers or front women yes. to this day. And it's like. She could have absolutely commanded that song. And I mean, she did. I mean, again, I remember yeah. her and I feel like I, you know, I loved that record. And I remember truly loving having someone like Amy Lee as well, like having that and and people like that. And I gravitated towards Brody too. Like Brody is one of my yes. favorites. And it's like having that, <laughs> those front women and those powerhouses, and especially in that metal, punk, or just rock, or yeah. whatever alternative situation, like Shirley Manson of Garbage is that same way. And it's like, yes. I feel like now I need to go back and listen to that album because I haven't in a hot minute. Um, but I think I'm going to now have to go back. So I want to hear, oh, yeah. like, if anyone else loves this record too, like, let us know because I do. And now that's my. That's my homework for today is I'll have homework later too, but that homework, like for sure. But my album is, I'm going to choose The Ugly Organ by Cursive. And Cursive really just changed so much for me musically in some ways. And like, I was always that kid that I felt was always going to go that alternative route with music I loved and what I liked at a young age. And, but I was always into hardcore pop punk and I guess you know if you have to put a label on it I guess emo <laughs> like, I guess but I, I I was always gravitating towards sounds like that but there was something about cursive that was just so different and completely changed so much for me that I to this day I credit them because I'm that person where if someone says oh this is weird or oh this sounds not like mainstream and it's not even like that I was looking for stuff that wasn't mainstream but it just, I look and I'll dive and I'll be like, oh, like Me Without You is another band that like I really love. And people, some people think they're weird and sounds. I <laughs> That's love why they're good though. <laughs> they're so good. And Cursive is so much like that. And I think because I had this record too and hearing Tim Kasher and his vocal ability, like it really pulled me into any of those songs and live. It was just next level. Like I'll never forget the first time I saw Cursive and it was around this touring part of this record. And still to this day, I don't know many people in my life that appreciate Cursive the way they should. And I'm hoping that these album anniversaries, um, you know, whether it's a Twitter posting it, a website posting it, people listening to us or any other podcast doing it, they revisit some of these records. Um, and especially if you're kind of new to these, this genre and you're getting into like the resurgence happening on TikTok, go back <laughs> yeah. because I do. I love this. And 
I think I don't have this really deeper meaning here with this record or uh, back at my age, I could relate to some of the undertones and like lyrically, definitely not, especially if you listen to that record. Like I couldn't, um, but the way it was written was just so special. And this record just sank its teeth into me and didn't let go for anything. And I find myself all these years literally revisiting this and feeling the same way about it. And this record really allowed me to broaden my music taste, like I said earlier, and branch out to things that aren't that radio friendly and be open to all sounds around me, even if I had to really dig for it, whether it's I'm going to date myself and say pure volume or any of those sites, digging deep and finding it. And I mean, for me too, like hearing Greta on the cello, like, which was the only time cursive had this sound I think so again if i'm wrong you can come for me but i think that was the only time cursive had that and it was something completely different to the mix and what i love and loved about this record is how aggressive it was at times with the cello and i hadn't heard anything like that especially with a cello like and any music i was listening to and if you've really slept on this record please check it out and my must listen tracks i'm going to throw in obviously art is hard the Recluse, A Gentleman Caller, and Butcher, Butcher the Song. <laughs> and honestly, just listen to the whole record because I do, I think so many people sleep on cursive and have slept on cursive. And I think that it's just such a special band. And I really, I hope maybe even li listening to me gush about it, someone's like, oh, I'm gonna go check it out because it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean- yeah. Did you, what do you, now, did you like that record? Did I, you think anything? I didn't get into cursive, yes. but like, I remember the out, the album art right. in my brain. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like, I can I, remember what the album art looks like. Yeah. I never got into them. Yeah. But like, I knew a lot of people that loved them a lot. Yeah. So it's like one of those things that I'll probably have to look back and listen to as well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I agree with like the whole resurgence thing of everything happening for like the emo crowd. I think yeah. it's wonderful seeing these kids nowadays just getting really into it. And I'm just yeah. like, it makes the nostalgia just hit so mm -hmm. much. And you're like, so just so happy. Like, I don't know about anybody else, but it makes me so happy to see these young kids and the things that made me happy when I was younger. And they're just discovering it. Yeah. And it's making it come back. And it's just like, oh, it, that is, makes me so happy for them that they can, you know, experience this as well yeah and with all these bands like wanting to come back or anything like oh it just gives me the happy feels mm -hmm. like and I love seeing these kids getting all emoed out like yeah, I do <laughs> I the hot topic great the hot topic kids are back too they yes. are back and legit yes. hot topic kids too so <laughs> I know it really is oh yeah. my god <laughs> so <laughs> what so for you so then we'll see all right what's going to be your second album all right, my next album I'm going to talk about is AFI Sing Sorrow. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's so funny because I feel like this album for a lot of people is kind of 50-50. Yeah. You have some people that just absolutely loved it like me, but you also have some people where it was like they stopped listening to AFI before this album came out. Yep. Um, and I totally understand that and I don't have anything against anybody that had that happen it's just personally for me this album hit hard and it was beautiful mm -hmm. um and I happen to still listen to it to this day um and then I've had, again funny random tidbit 
I like I'll probably be known for this whenever I'm on the podcast. Like, <laughs> it's random, really weird, like it. <laughs> personal life things and stuff. So I, <laughs> my AOL name back in the day was Makeshift Wing because of the song Paper Airplanes, uh-huh. which in parentheses is Makeshift Wings. Yep. And it was one of my favorite songs from the record, but also I just thought I was super cool. <laughs> because oh, for it, sure. you know, it was one of those things where it's like at least it wasn't like a super weird name, like my hot name, hot meal name was. Like that one was weird. <laughs> oh, and, we all had this them. One, like, <laughs> this one was like one of those, like, I am super cool. Nobody else had this. Mm-hmm. And like I'm like, everybody knows if you're a true AFI fan, you know this song. So you'll know what my AOL yep. name means. You know, like, oh, AOL and the whole like music thing connected to it is fantastic. If you're too young to understand that, like, you missed out, man. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but there wasn't a single song on this album that I would skip. You have fun ones like Girls Not Gray. You have a slow, beautiful one like This Time Imperfect, which, by the way, was a hidden track. And I would struggle so much trying to fast forward Mm -hmm. to it in my portable CD player. Because if you press too hard, it would go back to track number one. And you have to start all over again. Yep. Because it didn't have this, like, immediate cut to the hidden track. You had to have this big, long pause. But also they had this little like spoken poem in between it as well before you would get the song. And I loved that song so much. I was willing to risk it all to try to get to it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. But it was worth it because that song is wonderful. Mm -hmm. But the kids today will never understand that. And you know what? They should be super grateful. Yeah. It was awful. Yeah. (laughs) And. And I, there's also, a, you have hard tracks on this album, like Death of Seasons. Like that song hits so hard mm-hmm. and I love it so much. Yep. And I went to war- my first warp Tour in 2003 and they were there for Sing the Sorrow and the fan meet and greet was going on. And of course it cut off right in front of me of and the line. And I was so devastated because I wanted to meet them so much. And, of course, they had the kind of tent where there weren't any sides on it. So, you know, me oh, being yeah. the creeper that I am, I, like, went around <laughs> a little bit of the tent just to be able to get a real close glimpse of Davey with his long, dark locks. <laughs> and, listen, I was 14, and I was weird. But, I mean, I still stare at people that I think are pretty because I don't know how to flirt. So maybe I'm just weird. But, okay, so maybe it wasn't just an age thing. But I had to do it. (laughs) (laughs) And luckily, I was able to see them again on tour with Circus Survive. And Mm -hmm. I think it was like 2017-ish when they toured with them. And it was for, um, oh, I forget the album name. It's the one that has like the the blood drops on the cover. Uh, yeah, I can't think. You know of which it one I'm talking about? Yeah, which honestly ended up being a really good album. I ended up listening to that album after because I stopped listening to them after um, December Underground was the last album I listened to with AFI, and then yeah, I just stayed with my older albums. Yeah, and so when they were touring with Circa, I was like, okay, I'm so excited to be able to see them and mm-hmm. hear these older songs I love. 
so I listened to that album and that album actually was super good I felt like it took back almost to like seeing the sorrow age like it was really good um but I got to see them with Circa which was amazing and I was it was so good and they were so amazing live and they did so many old songs which made me feel really good because like that's what I wanted to be able to hear from them you know yeah and I was so sad that they did not make this sing the sorrow anniversary a tour but I am sure absolutely sure that everybody that managed to get to go out to California had the absolute time of their lives oh yeah I actually I know somebody if they're listening (laughs) I know somebody that actually (laughs) got to go to the that show and said it was amazing I mean it looked amazing I can only imagine oh I I know I saw the pictures and everything oh and I mean I loved um and love this record still to this day and I remember gosh the last time I saw AFI I want to say it was 2013 and it was at Riot Fest and they were kind of in that weird time it was like 6 37 so it was like dusk it was September and it was a really super rainy day and if you were there you know like that day i think that day brand new played or maybe it was someone else but it was it was just a gloomy day so perfect afi weather i was gonna say that is perfect AFI I, it was everything <laughs> and i mean they and i made my boyfriend at the time just stay later like he kind of wanted to go and i was like no like i need to see at least you know whatever i can because I see the smoke, I see the weather, I love AFI, and made him stay, and, um, you know, I know he got mad, and that's life. If you're dating me who loves music so much, you've got to kind of deal with that, (laughs) and I saw the purple lights, the just the everything. It was, like, so perfect. Like, I literally got so jacked up just watching AFI and, like, all memories of this record, and I feel like just AFI is one of those timeless bands that I feel like... You know, like when we talked about Circa, you really either love AFI or you don't. I don't yes. think there is an a- in-between. Maybe there is, but... Um, there could be. I mean, because they did kind of switch their sound a little bit. You know, yeah. like their first album, super punk punk. Yes, know? yeah. And then they kind of got more of like... Um, I, you know, some people will say emo. I say right. that it kind of borders emo and goth because there is yeah. some kind of like goth undertones to it. And... Which for me, still right up my alley. So right. like, I, I was okay with that, you know? Right. But people that loved them mainly for like their punk background was like, I can understand why you were like, okay, well, that's not the same. But for me, I love punk and I love goth culture. And obviously I have my solid emo choices. So like I was still down. I was like, still love it, you know? No, for sure. And I mean, Silver yeah. and Cold was my jam. And that video of silver and cold like you go back and watch it it was like a such a theatrical like thing and like i can still see it like davy's like the smoke of his mouth like i could still in the fog or the whatever in his breath or whatever but yes that literally (laughs) and going back but like you know you if you're a new fan you know too like dancing through sunday uh the celluloid dream those were my go-to's on that record and Still, when it like if I'm on shuffle or anything and I hear those, I keep them on. Like I'm not like changing. Like eh, I'm not in the mood. Like no, yeah. like they're it's so awesome. And I mean, while this album is different than AFI, <laughs> it's still <laughs> still in that year, people. So you got to think like this year was just wild. What was released? Yeah. And I'm gonna go thrice. The artist in the ambulance <laughs> and 
Anyone that knows me knows how much I just adore Thrice. Like G will cut, well, G is my fiance for people that don't know if I ever just randomly say that. But he, <laughs> he told me flat out, he is like, I don't know many people that like Thrice like you and how you speak about Thrice. That's so funny. Um, and he's like, <laughs> I, I don't know. And I just feel that they are a band that has aged like such a fine wine. And I stand by that. And they recently have created some of their best work. And I feel like that some just didn't give it a chance or love it or, you know, gave it the love it deserved. Uh, but Thrice is a band that constantly to me, like blows me away with each of their new release and I truly just am left with goosebumps. They're another one of those. And they're some of the kindest people. I got to meet Dustin at a super small, tiny venue back in DeKalb, Illinois, the House Cafe. And he was one of the kindest people. And I have a picture floating around there somewhere. Um, but Thrice is just another band that, like, especially with this record, changed my music world in so many ways with this record. And I feel like... I remember first hearing this 20 years ago and gosh, I was 17. Oh my God. But, um, <laughs> but being completely blown away because again, at the time I was into that pop punk or, you know, hardcore bands or just punk, anything I could get my hands on. And thrice just really hit in a very different way for me. And I feel like they were that perfect band to be into what I was at in that given taste at the time. But I mean, on this record, you have Under a Killing Moon, Paper Tigers, Cold Cash and Cold Hearts, The Melting Point of Wax. And like, I could just go through each song and talk about it, but nobody wants to sit here for that. So I'm not <laughs> going to do that. But just know it's such an important record. And I remember seeing Thrice early on and just made me completely in love with them. And this is one of the most important records in my music world. And um, they just put out a revisited version of this record and some guests on it. And I think it sounds so clean and dare I say so much better, like not that it had to sound better, but it just is so tight and just so good. And I feel like I recommend it to anyone. Um, if you didn't get into the artist and the ambulance or you're just wanting to revisit it, <laughs> I mean, it's called revisited, but like check it out for sure. <laughs> Because it is so good, especially uh, Stare at the Sun they did with Andy Hull of Manchester Orchestra. Oh, and I love him. It sounds so good with him on it. Like, I I always love Stare at the Sun, but, like, that song with Andy on it is so good. So if anything you take from this, go listen to that. Because I feel like a lot of people that love this record at the time were searching for something different. And to this day, I stand by that they thrice was a, kind of ahead of the of the time and they still are in my like musically to me and i mean please check it out and report back what you think because i as i'm recording i have two prints of thrice songs around me that i got from i'm gonna plug him now spinning prince he's a follower of ours and i'm just gonna plug him because <laughs> um yeah a lover of sure. thrice a lover of thrice as i'm talking about this but it they're such an important band, and this record, to me, started it all. And, yeah, I mean, I don't know, were you into Thrice at all during um, that era? Or probably not. I don't know. I know. Like, I didn't get into them a whole lot, but I did see them alive a couple times because they would be touring with, like, Circa. Right. Yeah. I think I might have seen them with somebody else, too, before. And, like, their live performance is amazing. Yeah. Whether you like them or not. And... 
I feel like I gotta say like the one thing I know this probably like, feels like weird and random but like he covered Lord's um yes buzz cut season which is one of my favorite lord songs and he did it so good oh my god dustin seriously <laughs> not only that but i when i saw him he did uh counting crows round here nailed it yeah. he's nailed wrecking ball by miley cyrus i i love that he does that <laughs> where it's like totally a different genre and mm-hmm. but sings it anyways and uh. i love when people do that because it makes a song completely different you yeah. know Oh, yeah. for sure. And like, that's one of the things I love about Thrice. Even like, I feel like even if you're not a fan and you see them live, you're still walking away with such a great show. And like, oh, I'm going to, I'm going to say this too. Like I saw Thrice with Circa twice, like back in the day. And then recently when they were here and I have to say like Thrice for me, I was just like, whoa. And I love Circa. Circa did great too. But I was just like, whoa, Thrice. Like I was sitting there just blown away yet again. And Yes, that's my rant about that record in Thrice. I won't. <laughs> but, um, oh, and then if you do like Thrice, don't sleep on Dustin's solo records either because if you like like the covers or stuff like that, um, very different than Thrice, but so good too. Um, and I guess what is your last album for this episode, this series? Um, I think I may guess it, but what yeah. is another album that really impacted you that was released in 20... 20- I almost said 2003. Oh my gosh, I know. It's like, <laughs> uh, what year is this? Yeah. This point? Oh my gosh. So my last album is the Dresden Dolls self-titled album. Mm-hmm. The first time I heard this, I was just head over heels. They're so different. Yeah. Um, the way they combine cabaret with their music is just, it's so cool. Like, and that's the thing too, like it helps to see them and a live performance i own the dvd that they have of their mm-hmm. concert performance and being able to see how they perform on top of their music it's just they put on a show like mm-hmm. it's not just music it's a show and it's amazing so if you've never heard them you definitely need to look up some videos of their performances but um they have such amazing lyrics from amanda and Brian's drumming is just amazing. He is such a awesome drummer. They're fun, they're talented, and they're relatable. The instrument that's besides my voice that I've always felt the most compelled to has been the piano. Mm-hmm. I played it for years and I would challenge myself when I was younger of how fast. I could play songs like even if it wasn't a song that was meant to be fast I wanted to see how fast I could play without goofing it up Mm -hmm. and see if I could be like super fast at it and if you've never heard them Amanda plays some of the most difficult fast piano parts um and but also she is somebody who did not learn to read music she is the type of person who did it by ear and learned to play like that she does not read music so and they ended up putting out piano books for their albums and she had to learn how to take her piano parts and put them on a sheet of music because she doesn't read music so she ended up releasing one for this album and I ended up getting that oh wow 
Yes. And I love it because not only is it piano parts, but you have these amazing like photo shoots they did and artwork in it because like they're not just musicians, they're artists. Like Mm -hmm. it's amazing. And I got it in hopes of like maybe one day, one day, maybe I'll be able to try to pick up piano again and maybe I'll actually figure out how to play this because I've looked at the piano music, just looking at it. And I'm just like, holy cow. (laughs) It's so fast. It's all over the place. But I'm like, I have to figure it out someday. Like maybe at some point in time, I can get a keyboard or something and figure out how to play that. Um, There's songs that are just so relatable as someone who's female, as somebody who fights mental illness, even as somebody who's autistic. Um, The song for me that has always resonated with me more than anything else, even out of all their albums, has always been Girl Anachronism. Um, And if you're someone who does not fit in or you've always felt a little broken, um, you definitely need to take a listen to this song. It's loud. It's fast. It gets your heart pumping. And it's just one of those songs you could, I just can't ever skip. It's so good and so powerful. Um, They're currently on tour for the first time in years. I mean, years. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, Amanda, for a while, especially during COVID, was living in New Zealand with her son. And obviously, she was stuck over there with everything going on with COVID. Um, And then they, she finally came back to the States. um, And with everything that's gone on in the world and everything, they decided to get back together. And I never got to see them back in the day. And unfortunately, all these shows are sold out and it sold out fast. But it's and it's because, too, with everything that happened with Ticketmaster and not too long ago, they did one show that they decided to do and they did it through Ticketmaster and all the scalpers bought up those tickets fast and were selling them just, you know, like completely outrageous prices. And so when they decided to do this tour, they decided to go through an independent ticket person. So they could not have scalpers take them. Prices didn't go past $50 um, because Amanda takes that seriously. Like she wants true fans to be Mm -hmm. able to afford the prices to get out to these shows, especially with this tour. They only went to certain states. There was only like, oh my gosh, I think like six shows maybe. Like there's not a lot of shows that they did for this tour. But I appreciate that as somebody who doesn't have a lot of money, but also as a band that truly appreciates their fans and wanting to make sure like the fans are getting the tickets, you know, with everything that's gone with t- on the Ticketmaster. And I, I really hope that after all this, they, they do go on tour again. Maybe I'll finally get to see them because <laughs> I really want to. I hope you do. That would be so awesome. Because you deserve to see that because, like, her – you talking about Amanda doing that with the yes. the scalpers reminded me of Billy Corgan did that when the Smashing Pumpkins were going to play Metro. Like, that's the only time I've ever seen the Smashing Pumpkins was at Metro. Yeah. And I only got to do that because they did a raffle thing because they didn't want the scalpers. They wanted only real fans to get in. They did, like, a raffle where you could buy a ticket for, like, 10 bucks and then – or you could buy one, a hundred, whatever you wanted to. And then they would say, hey, you won. And you you could essentially, like, I saw them for like 20 bucks at Metro. And I loved that 
I love when artists are like that because yeah. it is a hard time. And I'm sure like artists don't want to do that. I'd like to believe they don't want to do the dynamic pricing, but they're probably like, eh. but I love yeah. <laughs> though that there's someone like that, that is out there doing that because like, yeah, like, Hearing you talk about that makes me want to check them out because I'm someone yeah. that like a hundred percent with everybody. I slept on this band. I remember the time they were bigger and I remember yeah. hearing about them and seeing pictures and, and that cabaret aspect. Yes. And I never saw them live, but I want to say like they're like, I did have an opportunity and it was with Panic at the Disco. Um, but I, I didn't go, but I remember, I want to say like, Panic at the Disco and Dresden Doll, like they were hand in that hand. That makes sense. And it yeah. totally makes sense, especially the, yeah. the fever you can't sweat out era for sure. Yeah, I was going to say, I could see them being together. I could see that totally. So I have to do some homework tonight <laughs> yes. again and report back because I want to listen. Like hearing you talk Absolutely. about that in the piano aspect and yes. that, like, like I do. I want to check it out now. Seeing them live, <laughs> it adds a huge element because like, yeah, you can connect to the music because right. the music alone, like, mm -hmm. is amazing. But the fact is they're more than just music. Like, there is a full-on show. Um, sometimes they hire burlesque artists to come yeah. and be at their shows. Um, like, it, it is more than just the music. Like, you're getting a full-on, like, artistic vision whenever you see them live. Like, they are so cool and just so talented and you definitely need to see them live. Like if you feel like the music alone wasn't doing it for you, I definitely suggest watching like videos of them on YouTube or something yeah. where you can see them live too. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I'll post some links to all these records too, because I think if you, you know, that way you can find them in like, or like YouTube, maybe I'll look up a good video too and put it because I agree. Like from what I've heard of them, that was it. Like you have, they're another band yeah. you have to see live. Um, so I need, I do, I need to check that out. Cause like, now I'm like hearing about this and I'm like, oh, I really slept on that record. So, but there were so well, many. <laughs> they were like one of those bands too. Like they were so different. Mm -hmm. That was like, because I'm like a piano nerd, but also right. like I'm really into theatrical things and like, you know, Rocky Horror Picture Show and like yeah. oh, those so like musical weird attributes that like, they just did it for me, man. Like even music alone and being somebody that loves piano, you don't hear a lot of like, piano that's in anything other than like like poppy things or stuff like that so it was different and it was cool and like amanda whenever they first started out she shaved her eyebrows and would like yes. draw them on in the coolest pattern and to this day is the reason why i constantly am like just shave them off just mm -hmm. shave them off it could be beautiful <laughs> you know and it's it's definitely one of those bands where like they are so different that a lot of people I think were put off by them a little bit yeah but like they are just so good and it definitely helps seeing them visually as well as hearing them yeah well I again I think a lot of people have some homework to do because I, I now <laughs> I have to do that and I mean my next record is very different than the Dresden Dolls but still very impactful and um you know, we have more to come, I want to say, too, because there's so many records yeah. that came out. But this time, I got to go War All the Time by Thursday. Um, and this record still to this day is another fall listening record for me, that fall winter 
mood. And I think Thursday in general is an artist that just feels like that fall winter mood. Yeah. Um, or as I call it, like when the weather hits uh, 50 degrees, it's post hardcore <laughs> season, baby. So like, yeah, <laughs> I say it all the time. I'm like, that's the time. And you know, I have a funny story with Thursday and it was before war all the time, but um, just a little before that record. But I remember of getting into Thursday and I had a crush on someone and they were always like into amazing music. I mean, again, with like the band tees and all that. And they were kind of like my locker buddy. They were near me in my locker. Um, and I remember him wearing a Thursday shirt and just talking about Thursday. And like, I heard of them and I, I did like Full Collapse. I, I listened to them, but I kind of fell off for a little bit there too. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll listen to that so like I can talk to them. And I dove head first into Thursday again. And honestly, I never talked to this boy um, after really digging back into Thursday, but I found out, found one of my all-time favorite bands. So it's a win-win for me. I mean, <laughs> I never talked to that boy, but... Um, <laughs> something good came out of it. Something good, great. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And it's like, <laughs> but back to war all the time. Um, this record just opens up with like For the Workforce, Drowning, which is an incredible open opening track for a record. And I think that's what also grabbed my attention immediately. And then you've got like Division Street, Signals Over the Air, Asleep in the Chapel, the title track, War All the Time, uh, Tomorrow I'll Be You. I mean, again, this is another record. I could just list every single track and be like, this one, this one, this one. And this record just really blew me away. And it's one I constantly still go back to all these years later. And I think that's really something with that, you know, so many feel the same way. And this record could be really aggressive in your face and sort of throw you against a wall, but then also have some soft moments in Asleep in the Chapel um, before just exploding with those Jeff Rickley vocals that we all love so much. And I think if you love Thursday, you feel that way. And I think one thing I loved is during this era of Thursday is that they were 100% authentic. And I think that's what just also made me glued to them with this record. And again, if you were a new fan or are a new fan and in getting into this music, please listen to this one. It's my top 10 records. It's it's on there. And I, I think it'll always be that way. And I can say like as a band, they're some of the kindest people around. I've had some interactions like from, you know, being 17 until now. And Thursday really just got me through some really, really difficult times in my life and a band I really clung to and still find myself doing so. And I mean, I remember there was a time I was going through a really hard time and I was on Facebook and some might be like, oh, that's creepy. But I was on Facebook and Jeff Rickley <laughs> was on Messenger and I messaged him to just say like, your music means a lot to me and gave me through a really hard time. And I don't even remember what I was going through, but it was something. And I remember it popped up and he responded. And again, people are like, oh, that wasn't him. But it 100% was oh, yeah. um, because back in the day, it was just different. And he responded yeah, was and was like, yeah. I'm really glad I got your message. This means so much. Sometimes, you know, it can be lonely and, you know, um, it's always great to hear that your music impacts fans. And and I was like, oh, I'm going to try and get to your show. Like they're playing something. And he was like, I really hope we get to meet someday. And we did years later, years later for United Nations, a band he was in that was to this day why I think my ears are in pain and ring because that show was the <laughs> loudest, craziest show I have ever attended in my whole life. And if you've ever seen United Nations, you know, but it was 
still one of the nicest people and I think that's also what just carried me with Thursday but I mean this record they just really put some really incredible work and I feel like it still gets slapped on at times like I know people talk full collapse as they should uh the waiting EP absolutely you got to touch on that but more all the time like that one for me, I mean, I love Full Collapse. I'm not taking away from it. But War All the Time is just my favorite from them. And I think it just really impacted my music taste then too. Because like I just got into louder and more aggressive things from Thursday. But I mean, <laughs> for you, did you have anything that stuck out about, well, either Thursday or this record? Yeah, no, I loved Thursday. Mm -hmm. um, I Like you said, like, they're so like loud and it helps you like find other like loud bands yeah kind of like a gateway band so yep. like, finding oh. even more hardcore yep um I know I got to see them I've only seen them live once and I got to see them in New Jersey actually oh wow for a new, for a New Year's show yes that they did with Anthony Green um when he was doing solo shows out there and it was so good <laughs> like so good like it was just so cool being able to see like a band like from the area they come from like yes I don't know if people understand like if you're able to see a band in like the city from around where they come from like it adds like such an awesome element to seeing them because you have like all the diehards that have been there since like the early days yeah um, they're extra pumped because they're home um, it was such an awesome show. And yes, like I have nothing but good things to say about Thursday. I think they're wonderful. <laughs> That's so interesting you bring that up about Star. It had to be Starland Ballroom. Yes, it because, was. Yeah, because yeah, ever since I moved here, <laughs> I moved to New Jersey. I'm about 30 minutes from Sayreville. So I'm about 30 minutes from Starland Ballroom. And I went to a New Year's Eve show here. And I was like, right away when they announced that, I was like, we're yeah. going. Because again, like you said, mm -hmm. I have to see them live in New Jersey. Yeah. For my life to kind of come full circle, I need to do this. So I go, oh, yeah. Like, one of the best times I've seen Thursday was here in New Jersey. And like, yeah. you could just feel that room, no matter what they played. Newer stuff. Yeah. Stuff that like doesn't really hit a lot with other people. But like, seeing them at Starland is a, such a highlight and anytime i'm like all right wh where's the thursday show like okay oh it's in new york yeah. i could go no where's the new jersey one and they always play here because you yeah. know like they, they always will so i'm so lucky but i agree with that and so i do i i can't but um <laughs> i guess i just want to kind of wrap it up and say like thanks you know so much for listening to Justine and I share these first few albums from the two, from the year 2003 that really impacted us. And I think you can hear that, how much they did. And we're definitely going to do more um, and yeah. share more of these because um, it's just such an important time for music. And clearly, like, they've impacted us. They've impacted so many. And I'd really love to hear... Um, anybody else that thought of these records and how they impacted you and um you know to find out which records we are talking about next you'll have to come back and listen for that and and find <laughs> out because I'm not gonna I thought about putting them on um hey I'm gonna you know put them on before um no maybe you'll just have to listen and find out which ones yeah, um nice little surprise yeah but comment <laughs> and message us your thoughts um because again yeah I want to hear how they've impacted you and 
thanks so much again and we will see you next time and i guess we're gonna see you next time all right <laughs> bye guys bye guys <laughs>